The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Guess what? You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete and Aaron. Right here on Radio South 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. Also here on iTunes, Spotify, or you can stream us on accessmedia.nz. And check out our Facebook page. Just search Grinding Gears. This week we've got news from Ferrari, some mad motorbike speeding, and don't forget Tesla time. Once more with Pete and Aaron, right here on Grinding Gears, transmitting from Radio South 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Copity. And factory sources reckon Ferrari will turbocharge the V12s. Yeah, Ferrari switched from turbocharged V8 to turbocharged hybridized V6s uh, for the new uh, 296 GTB resulted in more power and slashed emissions and fuel consumption, so uh, that's good. And from what we're uh, from what we hear from a source close to the Maranello, 
HQ, Ferrari is getting ready to give its V12 engines uh, some similar treatment to keep them alive. Yeah, the news, though uncorroborated, does kind of contradict some earlier reports that suggested Ferrari would add hybrid technology to its V12s, but stick with naturally aspirated power. With the source claims that while the cylinder account won't drop, the V12's displacement will be reduced from its current 6.5 litres. Yeah, Ferrari began making V8 road cars in 1973, so while the configuration might be long-lived, is isn't core to the brand's DNA. Uh, the move to a V6 then, which Ferrari offered in its uh, dyno line, uh, from the mid-1960s wasn't a big deal then. Uh, Dino. But its relationship with the V12 goes right back to the very first Ferrari of 1947. And Marinello is determined to keep building them as long as it legally can, considering uh, one of its pillars, it's one of the pillars of the brand, really, isn't it? Mm. The upcoming Puro Sangu, eh? probably have to say it in Italian, yeah. but anyway, the SUV that Ferrari's making... Uh, the 812 replacement and the LaFerrari uh, hypercar success will likely get some form of V12 power, though whether they'll sh- all share the same t- technologies and all this is unclear. Yeah, yeah. Ferrari has been busy figuring out how to keep its v- V12 on sale without making coal-fired power stations look ecologically sound. <laughs> yeah, uh, hybridization is the obvious answer. Uh, and in producing the LaFerrari hypercar, the SF90 and the 296 GTB, Ferrari has plenty of electrified experience to draw on. Mm, Crosstown rival Lamborghini is wrestling with a similar, similar conundrum and will apparently infuse its new NAV12 for its Aventador replacement with a hybrid system because it doesn't want to dilute the pure sound at throttle response of its V12 with turbos, apparently. Yeah, yeah. back in uh, 2017, then Ferrari uh, CEO Sergio Marchione was only ruling out the turbocharger for Ferrari's V12, at least in the immediate years that followed. Yeah, and apparently the sweater-loving CEO told Autocar, our head of engine programs told me it would be absolutely nuts to put a turbo on the V12, so the answer is no. It will be naturally aspirated with a hybrid system. Yeah, but those immediate years have passed, and sadly, so is much only. Uh, turbocharging the V12 makes sense. Uh, Ferrari made the switch from naturally aspirated V8s to turbocharged V8s more than uh, five years ago. Though plenty of people are still nostalgic for the old louder Rivia 458, 488 and F8 that followed were faster and more efficient. And if, as rumoured, Ferrari drops a V12 into its upcoming Pural Sang SUV, then that too would probably be an actual fit for a turbocharged V12 with a strong lower rev pull, all-wheel drive. would actually help control the power output, and it could theoretically top a 1,000 horsepower in its most extreme form. That would really set Ferrari's crossover out from the crowd. Yes, yeah, so turbocharging, along with uh, the hybrid V12 power, uh, would also enable Ferrari to equip its next hypercar with the muscle necessary to put the kind of clean air between itself and LaFerrari and that the LaFerrari did between itself and its Enzo predecessor. Yeah, I mean the old Enzo. Or could Ferrari keep the uh, Halo Car Turbo free? One spectacular ass grasp for a naturally aspirated power before uh, bowing down to this EV age. I've heard Ferrari say that its next hypercar will focus on agility rather than brute power. They also claim it has a few extra tricks up its sleeve to keep the V12 going in its current form, as evidenced by the extra 30 horsepower it gained 
in the transformation from the 789 horsepower 812 Superfast to the 819 horsepower 812 Competizione. I wonder if they put a K and N in it or something. Mm. Yeah, well, whatever comes next, we don't doubt that we'll be packing some rare technology innovations. But it sounds like the days of the pure, unadulterated, naturally aspirated, unassisted V12s are still numbered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sad. I've seen the price of gas going up oh. every freaking day as well. Yeah. Keeping with Ferrari, however, and here's a story of how the internet helped find this trashed uh, Ferrari F40 lost in Iraq. Yeah, well, internet is, at times, a wonderful thing. But right now is one of those times, as the once abandoned Ferrari F40 that formerly belonged to Uday Hussein has been located. And yes, he was one of those Husseins, I think. But anyway, YouTube personality Rata Rosa had put a bounty of sorts on the deserted Italian supercar, asking for leads for anyone who might know its whereabouts, so he could, at the very least, try and make an offer to buy the supercar. As it turns out, though, a broken F40 with mismatched parts is still valued high. High above any normal human's means. Yeah, and Rata Rosa's first video highlighting the Ferrari. Photos are included of the car covered in sand, and left to rot somewhere in the Middle East. Viewers were able to pin the location of these images to Erbil, uh, capital of the Iraqi Kurdistan. Uh, in the time since those shots were taken, the car has been cleaned up dramatically, but not before several curious collectors attempted to save it first. Yeah, apparently some somebody called Big Chris Smith from a gas monkey garage was one of those who had been sent on a mission to find the Air 40 in 2016. He, like a Ratarossa, had narrowed its location to Iraq and flew there to evaluate the Ferrari. As expected, it was covered in sand from bumper to bumper, including the engine, whose intercools are missing, among other parts. It was in a sad state, and what's more, it would have been a logistical nightmare to move out of Iraq and even to the UK. Yeah, Chris explained in a video interview with Ratarossa that the deal was never struck, and instead he uh, left empty-handed. Uh, this largely boiled down to the difficult, the difficulty of transport, as well as the massive amounts of work required to make the supercar drivable again. Chris noted that the engine actually turned freely when he examined it some four years ago, but a slew of high-dollar parts needed replacing. As such, it wouldn't have been a profitable venture for Gas Monkey, who actually famously rebuilt a black F40 the previous year to flip. Seen that happen, looked bloody sweet, although it actually lost its value because it was modified, even though they can actually had really made it better. Yeah, in the time since, Radarosa says Belgian Ferrari specialists performed a near miracle cleaning up the broken F40's filthy engine bay and redoing the electronics, and that it had been chewed up and ex- or exploded by the sheer heat. Yeah, the AC was said to be complete trash by somebody who'd seen the car in person, so it's not like Ferrari has shelves and shelves of components like that waiting in Maranello. But at last, the F40 was returning to running shape, although it's still far from concourse condition. Yeah, a clip at the end of Radarosa's video shows the car, which nearly is unrecognisable now without the desert material uh, clouding the famous red paint. It can be heard backfiring again and again, hinting that there are even more issues to work through before it can be brought back from the dead completely. Yeah, one of the said problems could be the fuel tank bladders, which are just pretty much rubber bladders that they use for the fuel, which require placement every 10 years, a nearly $25,000 US job. 
It's unlikely the service has ever been performed, and even though the car itself has only travelled 3,700 kilometres since new, it might be a matter of time before it ends up like the F40 in Monaco, whose lavish life ended up on fire, sadly. Yeah, so the mythical Ferrari still resides in Herbal, um, though it's now kept in a garage rather than a sandy lot, and the current owner named the price it would take to buy the F40, and understandably... It's out of Ressa Rosa's range. I mean, who has a spare uh, $1.15 million just lying around? Sure, you know, I don't. No, heck no. No, not that much, no. Still, this is a massive accomplishment for Adam Rosa, as well as the car internet who joined together to locate the vanished treasure. And here's to hoping it sees the road again in the shape it deserves. So let's give it a song.
We're still here, and hopefully so are you. This is Grinding Gears with Pete and Aaron. Coming to you from Radio South 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. It's your grassroots car show. And we're back with some hell of speeding as a motorcyclist was pinged at over 220 kilometres an hour on a Sydney motorway. Yeah, man has been there by Australian police doing more than double the speed limit and one of the first weekends since the end of Sydney's lockdown. New South Wales police say the motorcycle rider was caught doing 224 kilometres an hour on the M1 motorway near Helensburg, south of Sydney, on Sunday morning. Uh, the limit, the speed limit on that section of road is 110 kilometres an hour. Yeah, so you can work the maths out. So at 10.30am on Sunday the 24th to the 10th, 2021, Wollongong Highway Patrol checked the speed of a red Ducati, yeah, doing 224kph. And the sign posted 110 kph motorway as it was travelling north from Wollongong to Sydney. The roads through and around the Royal National Park south of Sydney are popular with motorbike riders, but this one uh, <laughs> might have been taking the piss. Yeah, the 33-year-old rider of the Red Ducati was hit with a uh, $2,547 fine and had his licence suspended for six months on the spot, according to the New South Wales Highway Patrol Facebook. Yep, and it's true, most police stations have Facebook pages these days. But surprisingly, the police were unable to impound the motorcycle. Yeah, police are actually unable to impound a vehicle there if it is registered to a business or someone other than the rider or driver caught breaking the law. Unlike New Zealand, they don't give a flying one and will take it no matter who owns the thing. Yeah, the Ducati Panangale. Panangale, yeah. We don't know how to say that again, sorry. Yeah. Maybe a bit more Italian. What do you call Panigale, maybe. Yeah, Put in Panigale. Yeah. The Ducati Panigale is one of the fastest and powerful road bikes in the world. The MotoGP derived engine makes a whopping 158 kilowatts and 124 nanometers of torque and screams up to 13,000 RPM, which is, yeah, fair ribbon, which is an amazing amount of power for a bike that weighs less than 200 kilos. Mm, to put that in perspective, a high powered Lamborghini Aventador supercar is one of 500 kilowatts of power but weighs like 1,700 kilo. So the high power to weight ratio enables the Ducati to accelerate to 100 kilometers an hour in a little more than three seconds on the way to a top speed of nearly 300 kilometers an hour. So just while he wasn't going fast, then he might start freaking traveling back in time. Yeah, Tesla time now though, and they've hit the trillion dollar mark. Ka-ching! Yeah, they have officially become the first trillion dollar car maker as shares surge after it signed its latest ever order with rental car firm Hertz. Electric car group, headed by the world's richest man now, Elon Musk, uh, saw its share price climb 13% to an all-time high on Wall Street. Yeah, the jump means Tesla's market value hit $1.1 trillion, uh, joining the exclusive club of only a handful of companies, including Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft. Yeah, the bounce fold news that Hertz had ordered over 100,000 Tesla vehicles for its fleet of hire cars, which are due to be delivered before the end of the year. Yeah, most of these vehicles will be from Tesla's Model 3 range, according to the Reuters, uh, which had a starting cost of around 56000 US. Give the deal a price tag of approximately $5.6 billion. Mm, customers will be able to rent the cars from November, Hertz reckons, and will have access to 3,000 Tesla supercharging stations across the US and Europe. The massive order also means electric vehicles will make up over 20% of Hertz's global fleet of around 440,000 cars. 
Hertz Interim Chief Executive Mark Fields says electric vehicles are now mainstream and they've only just begun to see rising demand, uh, global demand and interest. Yeah, he added the new Hertz is going to lead the way as a mobility company. Uh, starting with the largest electric vehicle fleet in North America and a commitment to grow the EV fleet and provide the best rental and recharging experience for leisure and business customers around the world. Mm, this massive deal falls third quarter earnings for California-based Tesla of $2.3 billion. The firm's run has also massively inflated Musk's uh, personal fortune through his 17.2% stake in the group. I think he would have had more, to be honest. But which at current price levels is worth $143 billion. You should buy the F-14 or I can get a going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's us for another week. Hope you enjoyed it. And remember, don't be a dick, make it click.
The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz. 